0: to episode 31 of the overview i'm chan man v and look who's back from his his wild adventure in china jason what's up man
1: i hate you so much <laughs> who makes a guy after being gone for two weeks and tries to spend a day with his girlfriend to come on and do a, an episode oh,
0: oh well we had yeah, it's, like, it's
2: like 9 p.m or, or like 10 p.m too you know you're just trying to relax
0: well, we haven't seen in you in so long.
2: Do We missed you,
0: you know? And, and Flames, ha- Flame's been on, like, almost every week. You I know, haven't yeah, I've been here for yeah. like three Flames weeks. Been I've been three <laughs> weeks. Like, yes, from, like, gone. jason Fuck that Jason's guy. So I'll be be on the show. <laughs> no, <laughs> but now they brought you back, and I'm still here. So what <laughs> exactly. that no, of course, welcome, Jason, back. Uh, Fishsticks, of course. Hey, what's up, buddy?
2: Yo, yo. All right. Apparently, and, there's some Sombra stuff going on. I don't know.
0: Sombra's maybe, out. Maybe there is. Maybe there isn't. I don't
2: no, everybody's really have
0: no coming. idea. No, it's just that that one countdown, that one side that was counting down for for ever counting up, right? I think for a while now, I think hit hundred percent. But of course, we don't see sombras. Surprise, surprise. Uh, but yeah, got and Flame too. Welcome to the show, man. Welcome back. I know. I'm, I'm, I've been here more than them the past. Month. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> He's pretty much like the fourth, fourth co-host at this point. Uh, But yeah, so we got lots to talk about today, of course, Um, just uh, our week in Overwatch. Start off with just kind of what we've been doing with Overwatch, playing-wise, and and maybe the Brawl. Uh, Also, just a bunch of news that's going on, esports news, general news, and then, of course, um, some esports news, or at least uh, event news. So uh, with APAC, of course, Jason can give us the full lowdown of of China, and and even just the results, Uh, as well as OG and Apex, still going on right now, and um, even some possibly bigger news or speculations on some big news from the korea korean standpoint with other big large organizations making some moves uh, of course at the end we're going to be doing some q a so you can tweet those questions to uh, myself at at Chain Man v or add uh, the overview gg and uh, we'll read out some of those if not you can hang out in twitch chat and we'll we'll read some of those too Okay, guys, so let's start off with our week in Overwatch. Uh, So maybe we start with Jason. What you've been doing in Overwatch, um, I guess, prior to getting back? Did you get a chance to play at all, like the Halloween patch or whatnot?
1: Um, Yeah, I played a little bit. Um, I think me, Mitch, Shade, and then the president of Energy uh, were at the Land Cafe. We actually tried the brawl out. Could only do medium, couldn't do hard, unfortunately. Um, a couple of players on the team, not going to name anyone. Um, <clears throat> shade and Brett, <clears throat> we're kind of <laughs> making us slack a little bit in higher that We wow. needed, um, but no, yeah, we got to Mitch and I bought some more cases, got to open them up. Uh, it was good times. It was also really cool to see um, the players. They got Chinese accounts that had two thousand loot boxes on them. Holy smokes! And I think none of them. actually got through all two thousand. I think AK was the closest with one hundred and eighty left. Wow. That's. uh I feel like that would take like an hour or like two hours of just opening, no, uh, or like the three, four. overnight doing it, and he didn't even get through all the way.
3: What? I think you can like just hold down spacebar the entire time, and it'll eventually go. Oh man, that's old school macros right
0: there. Put a rock on your. <laughs> on your yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like there's. I think it's spacebar or something else. I, I don't think you actually have to click anything else. Uh, that's one hell of a YouTube video, man. <laughs> Opening up 2000, it'd be like a 24 hour yeah. video. Crazy. That's like Phantom Lord, you know, getting turned on from that kind of thing. <laughs> Seriously. Holy crap. Okay, cool. Uh, how about you, Ben? I, 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 you know, last week you were just getting back from the whole TwitchCon thing. So you get a chance to play a lot more this week?
2: Yeah, I've been playing a ton. Mm-hmm. Uh, awesome. I've been playing as much as I possibly can these last couple of days. It's been lots of fun. Um, I'm slowly coming to the grit coming to grips with the fact that I'm a Zarya main uh, my really? ratio with Zarya is like way better wow. than any of my other heroes I, I've been trying to resist it but I mean she's too good in every yeah. single situation so
0: wow that's shocking you've always played DPS like since I've
2: known you so
0: that's yeah, I mean
2: I, I play a little bit of everything but yeah <laughs> Zarya is my best character right now like by far it seems
0: well she's in assess- she's almost uh, she's a necessity in m- a majority of the comps right now so it's a good one it's a good one to
2: definitely be good at.
0: Cool. How about you, Flame? Yeah, you... oh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, like,
2: you, you mentioned that she's a necessity, but we'll, we'll get to that later. <laughs>
0: That's true. Really That's not. true. So... True. Flame, how about you, man? You've been playing or just mostly been analyzing? Uh, I, played,
3: I played the Halloween Brawl. I played with a stack for a little while to try to, like, get the highest score, but it's kind of, it's, like, such a grind, man. Like, one person dies to the Junkrat spam, and you're mm-hmm. like, come on, man. Um, But I grinded uh, my alt account to, like, From 3450 to 4100 in one streak, like pretty much playing only May, that was pretty fun. (laughs) Like that was a that was a really hype stream. It was like two nights in a row of just nonstop May on defense and like May on even May on offense. I didn't care what map it was. I was just playing May. It was it was the Dumbest, longest, like just greatest. Like I felt bad for everyone involved. That wasn't me. you. Make me sick. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so May op on the ladders, which is basically May op is, to... May is super
3: op on ladders. <laughs> you just you just get someone else on your team to play Zarya, and it's it's just oh, right there. From there right man. Ben
0: Flame, perfect perfect combo right there. Yeah, yeah. good stuff. Uh, so uh, Ben, and Jason, you guys done the brawl at all? It sounds like Flame has been just like owning the brawl. If you're if you're trying to get high score there.
2: All right, I'm not gonna lie. I played it once, so that's okay. about it.
3: I love it. I mean, I'm not even. I'm not even gonna hide it. Like, I think it's honestly one of the best things in the game right now. I, like, not outside like the normal modes, but I mean, like, as far as brawls or just in terms of new things that I've seen since, I guess, what last year. Mm-hmm. Like, this is pr- this probably like shows the amount of potential that the game has, at least just for PVE. Like, even if it's just like a casual kind of thing, like. Yeah, yeah, I find it I so, so, so much too. more enjoyable than like tr- like playing train bots or even quick play. I think.
0: Yeah, I, the only the only thing that I would say I, I've been enjoying it too. I just wish I could get XP even when I lose. <laughs> like you know, just get a little bit. I just feel so bad when. Do you not get XP for losing? No, you don't get anything. Oh my god, for that's losing. so sad. Actually. Yeah. Kind of, it kind of sucks. You, you only (laughs) winning, so I I, think it's a challenge. I'm the only only one that knows that out of (laughs) us.
3: I mean, I didn't check. I bought crates, so like I wasn't really too concerned with that too. But that's actually really sad if that's true.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, but no, it's uh, definitely been enjoying it. Still trying to get all. I haven't bought any. Still haven't bought any loot boxes. So, trying to you know still grind out all those uh, loot boxes and getting everything. The only thing I'm still really wanting is I still haven't gotten the Reinhardt skin, the the glowing head one, and oh, yeah. For the Genji that. intro. I still really really want um eh, that's about it though eh. may highlight intro is probably yep. my favorite and what was another thing oh the may one yeah the ghost one i forgot about that one. the reaper
3: looks pretty sick with golden guns as well
0: yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: there's the like Reapers a dmx mm-hmm. there's a dmx over like dubbed over the him coming out of the coffin the coffin, the the coffin? yeah it's when he really breaks through funny. it it's like, <laughs> it is really sweet I <laughs> i'll have to find it it's like really good <laughs> 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 made some like really funny youtube clip. Yeah. but um and some of the player icons, I think, are top tier. I mean, I don't know if anyone really cares about player icons, but some of the player one, icons are really Which one's are your really favorite?
0: Good. Like, I didn't, I didn't have not have The spooky Pachimari, dude. It's like, <laughs> okay, it's like, okay. it's, it's like the
3: Pachimari <laughs> with the sheet over its head.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay, all right. I can I can see that. I can definitely see that. Uh okay, cool. Yeah, it just you know obviously the Halloween event continues on, and we still got uh, a little bit less than two weeks left on it, so um, still plenty of time to get your your favorite skins, or intros, or emotes, or whatnot.
1: I swear, though, mm-hmm. Blizzard like can print money just like Riot did. Whenever they release like a new like patch with new sk- uh, skins, like a new seasonal event, mm-hmm. it's just printing money. It's so crazy the amount of money they must have made off of that. Like I know Riot when they when they release release Pulsefire Ezreal. I think mm-hmm. it costs them somewhere between like thirty and seventy thousand dollars to make in terms of like salary of the people who are actually creating it, but they made like off the first day alone over three million dollars oh, wow. of people buying mine RP to buy it. I mean, did you see like yeah. the? I
3: mean, forget Overwatch for a second. Just like, do you? Did you remember like when Pokemon Go came out? Like, did you see the numbers for the yeah. amount of money spent? Like, my people love microtransactions, man. It's like incredible
2: how much. I mean, just from the anecdotal sample size of playing ranked games, you look around. Everyone's got the skins. Everyone's got the taunts. Like, I feel like 50% of the people that I'm playing with have spent $40 plus just on this
0: yeah. uh, on this uh,
2: campaign I- right here, right mm-hmm. now. I mean, Jason has, right? Uh, I have. Are you judging me right (laughs) now?
0: (laughs) You're such a sucker, Jason. (laughs) It's
2: worth it,
1: dude. I have like 10,000 currency, but I'm never going to spend probably a single gold coin of it. Until the Christmas skins come out, man. Oh,
3: God. Well, that's the the
0: smart thing about saving the currency, right? It's like you don't know what's coming out in the future. And if they continue with this 3,000 for a legend, then yeah. Well,
1: it's like they released the new Reinhardt skin, like the two new Reinhardt skins, not even like in a content patch. And I was like, all
0: right, buy it right away. Yeah. Exactly. Um okay, well anyways, uh, that that's uh, of course that's kind of what we've been doing. Uh, I I've just been playing too. I mean, I've just basically been basically playing with my my son and a lot of a lot of my Overwatch has been basically doing that and, and then with the other group of friends that we we're, we're just trying to uh uh we climb the ladder together. I can't. I just can't solo queue anymore. I, I freaking. I I can't stand solo queuing anymore. So I, I just. It's don't so hard, it. man. It's I just like don't enjoy actually, it. it's just Yeah, I mean, I so did fun.
3: it. So like, I was on my streak, right? This is. I mean, this is like one of those like Crimea River stories. But like, I was right. on that May streak, and I was at forty. Not I was like 90 or something, and like I was getting like seventy points a win at that point because of yep. like how long the streak was. That's amazing. And I oh, get damn. this guy on my team. On, we're playing offense on Iconwald. Like, I was actually so tilted, I just dropped my mouse and keyboard and just, like, went outside and walked my dog during, like, midstream because he just picks the Metro on offense and, like, won't switch off of it. So then my whole team just is, like, all right, this guy's trolling. that's all trolling. Then I get like, a Bastion. I got, like, a Hanzo, with 76, no healers. <laughs> like... That's what killed my streak. Was someone just picking like Symmetra and breaking the morale of everyone else in my team. It was so sad.
0: And that happens at forty one hundred. That's
2: great. Yeah. You gotta wonder how do you get up That's to forty one hundred if you bullshit like this. I know, right?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, it'll bring you down to like low masters or high masters, I guess, too.
0: But yeah, I don't
1: know. So, like, after experiencing the Korean server and Chinese server. If you wanna play ranked, you go there. It's insane. Like I was at, we were on smurf accounts at 2,500 and people were playing comps that we needed. Like if we had one support and we had everything else filled, the last guy would always go support. Like it was insane the amount of people who were like willing to play the roles you need to win because they all wanted to win. Right. And even like the, was it the Reunited guys or no, Envious guys tweeting saying that ranked in Korea, like everyone wants to win. It feels like it's a match of CPL every time they play because it's that intense. And then yeah, I hear dummy saying yeah, I'm gonna love like, it. You exactly yeah.
2: know what CPL is right now? <laughs> that's true. Uh, that's
1: and then true. I hear dummy like talking saying everyone's go back to North America to to play because everyone messes around even
0: at the highest rate. Well, uh, I, did, I mean, if you want to mess around, you should mess around quickly. Yeah, I mean, there's a guy
3: at four thousand right now who like he has all of his playtime is on Torbjorn. I'm um, saying, like literally all of his playtime. You go check his stats. There's that's just a, zeros. Well, he's got to be
0: pretty damn good. I mean, if yeah, it, that's it's all like, he's
3: doing. Like, but I'm just saying you get that on your team and you're playing like Anubis offense and it's
0: like, what do I do with this? <laughs> so in China, Jason, like do they do they talk on comms a lot? Maybe. <laughs> well, I, I mean, don't know. I, I mean you I can really hear that. Oh out. my god, oh, you, just join. you just didn't oh you didn't join a Group <laughs> Chat. Okay, gotcha.
1: Um I, I but okay. they do recognize the name JCap, apparently. They thought I was Jeff Kaplan. Even <laughs> <in China. laughs> That's awesome. Or like, because yeah, I was playing Mercy one game, they said like something, something Mercy, something, something JCap. I, I lo- and I love your
3: game. Was
0: like,
1: Really? <laughs>
3: oh god. Ten firm requests incoming. <laughs>
0: That's right. Oh man, awesome. All right. Well, why don't we move on to talking about some news here, uh, mostly eSport news, but um, yeah, why don't we start off with some Melty? So a team that we've seen since the very beginning of beta. Uh, In fact, one of the best European teams when we first uh, were getting started with tournaments like Ghost Gamers and whatnot. And they announced this week that they are closing. Um, I think Melty just in general, right, as a team is closing. So not just like the Overwatch team. Uh, What do you guys think of this?
2: Yeah, I mean, Melty's been around for a while. Uh, They participated in a lot of different games over the years. Mm -hmm. Um, They were never a very big team, though. So Mm -hmm. it's not a huge surprise. Uh, They haven't had a very successful roster in any game, uh, over the last couple of years, Overwatch could have been it, and it just didn't happen to pan out. So, ultimately, not super surprised by this, but still sad to see them go. I mean, they have been around as one of the you know one of the orgs in France for a long time, so it's kind of sad.
0: Mm-hmm. Jason, I know you followed multi quite a bit over there, right? Like over in EU. Um ESL. We we did more when it was
1: like they were more relevant in Overwatch. But mm-hmm. they kind of haven't been really relevant. Like, we know that we know the players, we were at TakeOver with them um, back in May. But in terms of like the Oregon stuff, we haven't really, I don't know, we haven't talked, we haven't heard much of them in general. I'm, I'm obviously sad to see that the, the org go because it's really cool to have an organization like that that invested into Overwatch. But I guess it just wasn't enough for them in general with everything mm-hmm. that they had. Like, they, they had other games, I can't actually remember fully.
0: Um, um, CSGO, Street Fighter, I believe. They were very um, like, they had a CSGO team? at some point i think they did i don't I think, think they had recently, like always
2: underground teams that were like kind of not not the top tier like maybe b well, because
3: they always year. like pushed for nationalism right like they wanted like all french yeah, rosters french, like right. most of their mm-hmm. it was like they were they were like making olympic teams for like all of these different esports instead of trying to make i guess like internationally culminated rosters like i know for a fact that their overwatch team was all french right yeah. like
0: mm-hmm. yep they were
3: yeah and i think that, that i think that that like same sentiment kind of went across most of their games. So I, I mean, you're not going to have much success, I guess, in general doing that. But
2: unless you're Sweden,
0: yeah, <laughs> <Unless> you're Sweden.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or China coming up,
0: or China or Korea, right, right. Um, yeah, so it's kind of sad. It's always sad to see a team close, uh, of course. But uh, well, we have another team that's actually signing an Overwatch, uh, t- or at least an organization signing an Overwatch team, which is Denial. And um, I actually mm-hmm. don't know too much. I mean, I've definitely heard of Denial, but I don't know too much about them. So, I don't know. You guys know a lot about this organization?
2: Uh, primarily based out of, in Call of Duty, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. De- Denial's actually been around for probably four or five years. Uh, they've had successful Call of Duty teams. Uh, and it's just another org jumping into the Overwatch scene. Um, you will notice, though, not a lot of the names are super recognizable. Uh, we were looking through the roster earlier, and we we spotted out Dehun, who we've seen play for a number of rosters over the last six months or so, but not many other people on this uh, team. I'll just run through it. We've got Jolson, ZZA, Endless, Godhand, Dehun, and XQC, close to QXC, not, not quite the <laughs> that's same. Right, that's right. Um, yeah, so... Cool to see another big org jumping into the scene, but uh, I have no idea how well they're going to be able to do as they have... At, like, most of these players really don't... I Actually, Flame, I would pass it to you. Do you recognize any of these guys?
3: Yeah, they're, like... I mean, some of them are NA ladder players, I guess, or, like, ranked players. Um, Jay Olson is a old TF2 player from, like, way back, maybe, like, 2008-2009. 2000, he was really good. I don't remember what he played. That was, like, right when I started playing, he was someone um I know Godhand from somewhere I don't know if it's Twitter or something but I know for a fact I see Zot and Endless a lot on the ladder and XQC is like known for his tank play and his questionably um angry attitude on ladder but I mean this team could uh that's like the nice way to put it but we'll see how this team does I mean Devon's good um Olsen's definitely good and if you put enough good pub players together, I think it can work out really well, actually, in this, like, state of the game. Because, I mean, we could talk about it later, but I feel like some of the teams are having issues now, like, being able to play multiple heroes. So if you can get a bunch of yeah. good players and different heroes, you can definitely get success in this game. So, I mean, it's definitely good. This org is huge, too. Like, I'm looking at their sponsors now on uh, the Team Liquid Wikipedia, and they have, like, Razer backing them and DX Racer. Like, that's getting Razer to sponsor an org is, like, pretty rough, I think, even now. So they yeah. have to have some good backing, I would say.
1: So I, I think the fact that we're also not really talking about that it's a team made up of, I guess, just top 500 players is is huge. Um, we saw, what was it, Kib, KYB, KYB uh, joining Reunited as like the first real poll from the, the top 500 talent pool. And he performed so damn well, at least in Genji back then at Showdown. Uh, obviously, he's, he's left since then, but mm-hmm. we haven't seen many teams and many orgs pick up unknowns and we haven't really been able to see too far into the depth of what the pool of top 500 players have. I think it's awesome. I think it's really cool to see finally an organization like Denial pick up a team like this. I mean, obviously, they're known as Q? before or Q, But the fact that, all, like, what, three of us, four of us only recognize a couple of the names and Flame well, knows them a lot, obviously a lot better than we do is a really good sign of, I guess, what can be out there. Yeah, like, I mean, the talent that can come out. Yeah, And I guess to go off that statement, I feel like um,
3: a lot of the tournaments have locked a lot of the rosters you know like league locked rosters for teams and then uh before that esl locked rosters and now there's teams like in korea and china playing so um there hasn't been a lot of swaps but now that we're seeing a lot of swaps we might actually see more swaps right because blizzcon's coming up so there's gonna be like a good two weeks three weeks of no tournaments so we might see more roster shakeups so like a team that i mean it's it's a good time now to be making a new team i guess what i'm trying to say because i feel like a lot of the competition is going to start shaking up their rosters too so it'll like semi-level out the playing field mm, for at least this like second tier, like low one tier teams.
0: You think any of the top teams or organizations will try to snag guys like these, you know, like top 500 guys that haven't gotten much publicity or whatnot, or do you think it's still going to be consist of, of people that we all have heard about or have played on different other teams before?
3: Um, I mean, there's definitely players that are on tier two teams that could definitely play on tier one teams. Mm-hmm. They just have, they just aren't on the tier one teams. And I would say that there's probably tier one teams that aren't happy with their results currently that might look towards the ladder to find more people because there's some crazy ladder players. I mean, yeah. you'll find some people that solo queue up to like number 10 or something. I mean, you can do it. It's not easy. But if you're can, if you flexible enough right now, I think that it's a good time to be looking for a team just in your ability to swap.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, we'll have to check out to see how Denial does in their first uh, tournaments uh, that we see after this. Yeah, they, I think they
1: lost against, um, or in MGA against Team Liquid zero two 2, according
0: to Liquipedia. Oh, did they? But okay. the fact
1: that they made it that far is, like, pretty good sign. They actually make it into, like, the regional finals, mm-hmm. it's pretty damn good.
0: Okay. Uh, next bit of news is um, it's not necessarily Overwatch related. It's more so SC2 related. But um, there's some speculation as to, uh, for it being Overwatch. Uh, uh, the reasoning is because of Overwatch, and that's the cat, uh, KESPA is dropping StarCraft 2, which is kind of crazy. So KESPA, for those of you that don't know, is a Korean organization that's been uh, the KESPA Pro League has been like the league for StarCraft 2 or StarCraft Brood War. Just the long history of Korean esports, and them dropping StarCraft is crazy. Like, is historic actually in a way. Uh, and there's speculation. Mine, Christo, particularly with this tweet, was speculating that it has mostly to do with Overwatch.
2: I uh, want to get what your thoughts are on that, Fish Oh my God, the, this was in one way and not a big surprise, but also I I didn't I wasn't ready for this. Um, so the <laughs> news broke. Yeah, I mean the news broke really recently, and this is one of the last possible, uh, you know, bastions for StarCraft Two in Korea. Mm-hmm. You know, Blizzard is going to keep supporting the game, I'm sure. Um, you know, they keep supporting Heroes, uh, even though they're not getting a ton of viewership uh, on that stuff. So I'm sure they're going to keep supporting StarCraft Two, and there will be some Korean StarCraft pros who who keep playing uh, and fighting for that. For the money and the championships and the and the honor and all that, but really, Pro League has been a foundation of esports uh, in general for the last 14 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was one of Kespa's first big initiatives. It's been running for well over a decade, and to see it go, to see it die, uh, that the team tournament format is really really sad uh, as an esports fan and, as, and particularly as a Star StarCraft fan. Um, I wonder how much Monte Cristo's tweet is accurate here that this, they're folding this in particular because they want to focus more of their resources and effort on overwatch, or if it was just an inevitable thing to come because honestly, Starcraft two just has been doing worse and worse and worse um, recently uh, as, as much as it pains me to say that as someone who loves watching Starcraft, but I was not ready for this. This totally blindsided me. Mm -hmm. um, And, Uh, it's kind of hard to overstate the gravity of this situation to somebody that may not have followed starcraft 2 or esports over the last couple of decades but uh, i mean this is this is something like you said it right chris i mean this is a historic moment in esports to to see such a legendary foundation uh just disappear is absolutely crazy and five of the kespa teams as well disbanded so will those players even have salaries will they have a career what what are they going to do i mean a lot of these players are living nearly in in a in poverty situations if they're not winning the tournaments they're not getting paid a lot Mm -hmm. um but i mean i guess the silver lining is hopefully what monte cristo says could be true hopefully uh the team owners and and the sponsors and the organizations are looking to shift their focus to overwatch which uh would at least give some kind of silver lining here but man it's really sad it's it's like a super sad moment in in esports yeah, me. it's
0: definitely a gut punch to StarCraft Two, and and you know, well, you know, me and you, Ben, definitely come from the StarCraft Two community, so or at least have been you know, part of the StarCraft Two community. So it's it is really surprising and shocking that this is happening, and it will be interesting to see what happens to StarCraft Two after it. Uh, Jason, what do you think?
1: So I don't really, I mean, I'm going to be honest, I don't really know a whole lot about Kespa, and it, it's dealings within Korea. Uh, I obviously know they're like heavily invested in StarCraft, but I guess I can talk about, since I don't know their past and stuff, what the potential is like, good for the future of Overwatch. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of makes me sad to, to to be a Westerner because um, Rip ever win any tournaments again when you get Korean teams playing again. <laughs> like, so heavily and invested and, you know, supported in terms of, like, having a proper practice regiment and practice area and salaries and, like, that's going to be scary. But that's such a good sign for Overwatch in general. I think... It's very sad that obviously StarCraft has been on such a downward spiral. Actually, I love—I don't know a lot about StarCraft in terms of the actual game. I played it before, but I love watching it, um, and I'm going to be sad to maybe not see it as much anymore. But the prospects of having even more organizations invested mm-hmm. in Overwatch really excites me. So it's 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 a good and a bad thing for me.
0: Yeah, and Caspa is one of the biggest organizations if not the biggest organization in Korea. And so Overwatch on TV over there, I mean, there's there's definitely a huge potential if they do get into Overwatch for just even more exposure and, and growth for Overwatch. Flame, how about you? Like, how much did you, were you... You were in the StarCraft 2 scene, too, for a little bit, right? Like uh, I never played, no? oh, but I would, like, wa- I would watch a lot of it. Um, yeah, yeah. When I was, like, in
3: high school, even, or when I first got yeah. into college, we were like, oh, you never heard of Kestle? You never watched GSL before? i like, <laughs> right. And then I started watching it, and I would, like, stay up forever watching StarCraft. But, um... I don't know. I mean, it's all speculation, right? Like, yeah. all, the only news is that they dropped their SC2 squads, not that, like, anything has to do with Overwatch. But I did read a post, I think, I don't know if it was on Reddit or what, but it was about, like, how it might just be a power move from Kespa to, like, try to force Blizzard's hand into, like, letting them control the Overwatch creedency. Um, In the sense that, like, oh, we'll threaten to, like, drop esports or Blizzard esports in general or something if they don't let them control some form of overwatch really? so i mean that's a cool take on it I, I mean i don't know the validity of it but i was just thinking of it from that standpoint it kind of makes sense but because um, i know kespa has like a huge infrastructure like um as far as how the koreans practice oh. and like the team settings and like all yeah. the venues and whatever like the, they, it's just very well thought out and plays out pretty well but i mean if that's true then that's true but um, if they are going to move to Overwatch, then yeah, the Westerners are going to have to start preparing and starting to take this game a little bit more seriously, because they will figure out ult timings a lot better, and they will figure <laughs> out hero switches a lot better, and everything will start becoming very calculated, way it, more so than it is right now.
0: It just means more teams, you know. More. I mean, Kespa in itself is just an organization. It's not like it's not like all of a sudden something you know brand new happens and and all these korean teams are are even more stu- structured or whatnot it, it it's just more teams will be becoming and, and obviously have all those those uh cool pra- or great practice regiments and 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 whatnot brought to the overwatch great is a
1: relative term yeah. i guess the, yeah. in terms of regiments hearing starcraft players training for 18 hours a day sleeping yeah. for six there we go bath <laughs> on air <laughs> sleeping for six hours like that's some pretty insane stuff like i I don't know if I could ever do that. That's just crazy. The amount yeah. of the practice. But well, then also to do it as a team is even mm-hmm. gonna be harder.
0: That's true. That's definitely true. It, yeah, I mean the practice pra- or efficient practice for teams is is much different thing. And and yeah, I mean that that's the biggest difference, right? It's it, it comes down to equation with, with just time, practice time, right? And the Koreans I feel like will always have more more of it than than the you know, just the Westerners. Quality of life, too, right? So, well, well,
2: the, we'll good, the good news yeah.
3: is, I guess, from my perspective, is that it's not a MOBA, it's not an RTS. You don't learn how to aim overnight, like 30 hours yeah, of aiming is sure. not going to teach you how to aim. So, I think we got a little bit more time than normal. <laughs> um, but <laughs> we'll see if it even uh, uh, like touches Overwatch, you know, like if it winds up being Overwatch related at all. But I expect it to be. I, I think OGN has like or Kespa has taken OGN or OGN, like, some there's some relationship there. I think I don't know the whole who owns okay. who, but yeah, it yeah. could be
0: good all right well let um, we move on to some eSports events uh, before we do so I just want to give oh um, well, I just want to remind you guys that we are on iTunes for all y- all of you that enjoy listening to the podcast uh, on audio uh, as well as Google Podcast and some of the other things like stitcher just other apps or podcast apps so you can check us out there and if you do enjoy the show, I encourage you to leave a five-star review because it helps people find us when they try to find overwatch podcasts. Okay. So esports events, APAC. All right. That's, this is the big event that obviously Jason and Missy were, were casting and Jason was in, china for a month right like a full month two weeks that's oh, only two weeks it might have it might have felt like a month but oh, two weeks well, it felt well, like three, three years. years yeah exactly <laughs> uh so two weeks and uh you know definitely the event was fantastic to to watch i mean the production looked awesome you guys were amazing casting too so i'll i'll just have exactly. you kind of lead us in and how was the overall experience in china
1: um so <laughs> i i want to start with this real quick because it's a pretty insane number um the first four days of casting, we casted for thirty-two hours. Over thirty-two hours. That's like insane. That
0: is crazy. Yeah. That's like but, a normal work day. Yeah.
1: Wow.
3: I
0: but, but just straight that's, casting, that's, though.
1: You know I mean? I'm just throwing it. I'm just throwing it out
3: there, man. No, but casting home, straight
0: I'm, for eight I'm hours. Saying, is if tough. it was
3: like over thirty-two, so you movie. can't.
1: You can't relate. It's like An hour of casting. Regular work. Um, no, it was, it was, it was so much casting, but it was so worth it. Like we loved every moment of it. Uh, we might've been tired as hell when we got home, but Hey, we had the time to sleep and time to get ready for the next show. It was amazing. So, um, in general, banana culture was fantastic. Like the guys actually put on the whole event. They were great to us. They took care of it. sure we had shuttles to go to the, to the event and back every time. Um, the staff was fantastic as well. Being up till 4am, helping teams. If like someone woke up and wanted bubble tea well, one of the p- people from staff would be up and able to order it for you. Like that's that's how wow. good they were. How many times um, did you do that? I hope you're
0: serious, how many times like, did you do that,
1: real... Jason? I'm I'm serious, but I didn't do that. No. Okay, okay. Four a.m. I was sleeping. I was passed the hell out. Okay. Um, and where else to go from there? Yeah, we had clothes for us, like the vests and ties and shirts. Like, that was actually a fitted shirt. We gave him measure- measurements. I've never had that. My four years of working in these <laughs> Yeah, I'm it was really super sorry. fancy. I'm really Jason joking wearing
0: a tie. Wow. That's a, that's a it, verse. It, the
1: thing is, like, when you <laughs> cast, like, when you feel good, like, you're going to cast well. Like, if you're sure. uncomfortable in any way, it kind of affects you. Um, so, we were, like, completely taken care of had food delivered to us at every time. The food we had there was amazing. Even the chicken feet and jellyfish I ate was yes. actually good. That's good. Um, yes. <laughs> Everything about the event was amazing. Then also the, the fact that we got to hang out with Energy because Mitch and I have never actually met them because uh, we weren't over, Overwatch open and they didn't qualify for Atlantic Showdown. Mm-hmm. So we got to actually meet them and talk to them. I touched Seagull's butt like a thousand times wow. and they had to hang out with Rogue again. And since we've been to almost every offline event they've actually participated at, it was good to catch up with them again. And then also, for the the most part, learn about the Chinese and Korean teams and Japanese teams that mm-hmm. we've never really seen um, the Chinese teams like really dedicated, really hardworking. Still have a lot of problems when it comes to like compositions and hero pools, which I'm sure Flame can easily talk about, like not being able to actually have a depth in terms of that. The Korean teams like there's like oh, we, we hung out with um Lunatic High the last day uh, after yeah. we finished the finals, and they were so nice. Like uh, it was Rouge Hong and Toby, the two support players for them, like telling to in and like broken English, but it was you could still understand what they were saying. That Vic's like the best Genji in the world. Uh, the best game they've ever played against. Mm-hmm. Um but they were such cool guys and like everyone was getting along, everyone all having drinks together. Just all in all it was the best event I've ever been to. It was such a good time. Like obviously it's hard being away from well Germany or just being away from what you know for 2 weeks, but mm-hmm. every moment was totally worth it.
0: How are the crowds there because I I heard from from uh Shade and some other folks that I mean it it was wild like the people were getting some some people especially like Siegel, was getting mobbed by people as they were leaving the venue and stuff
1: That <laughs> he got, he got, like, was an crazy so there was like these metal barriers to hold people back when he mm-hmm. went to go leave somewhere and apparently they all jumped it and by they I mean like all women jumped it <laughs> and chased women. him down and chased like the it. Yes. in the audience um I don't know if it really came across on air but it was 70 80% women what what yeah what? Yeah, yeah 70 percent women
0: that's crazy what the hell I, knew. I was, it was a confused. Female, it's a female demographic in China. Holy crap!
1: Well, that's the thing. We were, we were. So we actually we learned about the Chinese scene past the actual teams. We learned about China and esports. And um, one of the people from Banana Culture was talking to us on the way there, and she was saying to us that China doesn't really, they're not really into sports like traditional sports, basketball, baseball, football, whatever. They're into esports. So one thing that we never learn or we know about as like the Westerners is the pressure that's put onto the teams. And Mitch and I really talked about the entire event, how any team could be any team, it seemed. It was like rock, paper, scissors. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that's due to the pressure that's put onto the players, because the amount of people in China playing, like, um, the, to give you an idea, the Chinese stream had 2.5 or 2.3 million viewers in the finals, like, concurrent, uh, is what we're told. So even if you divide that by 10, even if you go by that rule, which people always say, that's still 250,000 people plus the 25,000 we had on Twitch or whatever, um, there's a lot of pressure on the players. If you don't perform, if you don't play well, teams disband. Black and Honest, they came mm. through their open qualifiers. They went into groups. that were 6-0 in groups, and they lost in their both qualifying matches. And that was, like, the team to beat because the org, or not the, org, the players were having problems within each other, actually. Like, person A wanted to call, and person B didn't want to listen, and person C wanted to call something oh different. And wow. there's so much pressure compared to the Western world, from from what I know, I guess, when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um but it was just it was such a good experience. like i'm I'm so happy we won. I'm really happy that we won
2: and another thing that may not be immediately obvious about this uh, situation if you haven't been following eSports for a while is usually Chinese events are complete shit shows that fall apart and the broadcast is terrible and there's lag and there's production issues. So that's actually great to hear. So hats off to banana culture for Buck yeah. that, that was that was their first event. That's crazy. Like and they're it like was- a startup
0: company even as a spectator it was one of the most well-produced events we've had to date in overwatch i mean obviously e-league set the set the bar but apac was right there and in some aspects it was better and, and like the stage looked a, you know obviously it was more live there were more there was more of a live audience there you know versus like e-league right uh, so that aspect of it was actually even better so um yeah it was first production amazing
1: and I can say that I know a lot of people complained about the Twitch stream going down. Uh, a lot of that was due to, well, in China, there's a giant firewall that they have. It's called the Great Firewall, like the Great Wall Great of China.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and you have to have like VPNs to even use Twitter there or to use like Facebook and stuff like that. So they actually had to like route from Shanghai to Hong Kong and then like Hong Kong to Twitch. And the problem is that Hong Kong was getting DDoSed on their ingest servers, which is why the stream kept going up and down the final day was a lot cleaner because we actually sent it out to south korea i think it was um and for what we're told or like what the assumption was that the chinese government was actually DDoSing hong kong
0: because of um, that because, broadcast
1: because no no no, because oh. hong Kong's is technically a part of china but it's its own like country as well mm-hmm. um they don't follow like all the rules and laws that china has so the chinese government which is, is communist is like kind of against hong kong so that's what we assumed because we we were on we were on holidays like in China until the day the problem started happening on Twitch mm-hmm. or with the with the stream. Mm-hmm. So not even Twitch's fault at all. It's just completely ingest servers getting effed over.
0: Okay. All right. Well, why don't we talk about some of the results? Um, you know, definitely one of the things going into the tournament was seeing how energy and Rogue, or at least seeing how the Chinese and the Korean teams measure up to energy and Rogue. And right off the bat, we were you know we were pretty shocked to see Lunatic High beat Rogue, and not only once, they beat them twice uh, in, in the the uh, over the um, group stages. Actually, once in the group stages, and then once. Uh, or are they both in the group stages actually? I, I forget what the second one was. Where in the tournament the second so, one was, but
1: Yeah, Rogue Lost Food took high twice in groups. Yeah, yeah, twice um, in groups, so that's what it was. Yeah. The way the the format was is that you do the initial two matches, then winners play winners and the mm-hmm. winner of the winners match has a one map lead coming into the final match of the right. day. Then right. the losers versus losers, and if you win the losers versus losers, you're guaranteed to go through into the wild card as like a minimum of a third place. Mm-hmm. Then the losers from the winners and the winners from the losers play against each other, <laughs> then the winner of that game <laughs> plays in the final winners match. Uh, yeah, it's really confusing. But yeah, so they played him twice, and they lost both times, actually. They beat them mm-hmm. on Dorado, but they lost on King's Row, and they lost on Route 66. And a little bit of insight for people wondering. Uh, the second time they played against him, it was actually a mess up by one of the players on the team. I don't know who it is, but Tavik was being interviewed after the fifth match, and he normally does the vetoes for the maps, and he was going to veto out Route 66. But the person who actually did it messed up and didn't veto it out, and they got picked again. Oh, um, wow. So that's, yeah, so that's why Rogue kind of said they lost the second time. First time they just underestimated them.
0: It's like messing up the coin flip. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I did, uh, when I
1: watched I was like why are they playing 66 again? Like
3: what is, yeah. what is
0: this? Flame, I know you an- ended up reviewing uh, you ended you reviewed the grand finals obviously and you reviewed I know you reviewed the first one. Did you review the second match or the second I reviewed, match? I think it was like
3: Dorado 66. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there was a third map. I, I know I did that set. King's but yeah, maybe it was yeah, it
0: was King's Row. Yeah. So um, what did, what did you notice in in all three of them? Like, what was the difference, especially in the Grand Finals?
3: Uh, Ro looked really,
0: like, bad, I guess, the first series. And then, like, the
3: second series was just, like, a completely different team. It was bizarre. I I mean, I don't know how early in the week or what the time was or, like, what the time frame was even on that whole thing. But the Anna patch, I think, came in for the first series maybe, and then it was there for the – like, it wasn't there for the first series and then it was there for the second series. But they looked completely different. Both teams looked completely different, to be honest with you. Um I don't know. Lunatic High looked really strong in the first series with like the Kingsroad Dorado set, like, but Rogue looked really lost, I would say. And then in the grand finals, it looked like they just like turned on, like everyone just flipped a switch and became like great players again. Like, I would have started questioning roster shakeups after the first series, but then the grand finals, it was like convincing. It wasn't even a close match, in my opinion.
1: Like, they so w- the yeah, the the groups from what they told us, um, the initial match. Uh, actually, even both matches, they played comps they didn't want to play for some reason. Like, they, they had counters ready to go against Lutakai because um, I think they played him earlier in the week, but then they just, they just didn't do it. They didn't switch heroes when they should have so many times, and then um, there was some... I don't i don't. arguments isn't the right word, because that's, like, too negative, but there was just, like, some discussion within the team of whether they're playing certain heroes at certain points. Like, Cam on Route 6 didn't want to play Reaper, but the team wanted to play Reaper on defense. He wanted to play like McCree. And then into the final day when they met them again, uh, when they actually went into quarterfinals instead, actually, the playoffs, um, they talked and they said, okay, Akam, if you want to play McCree, play McCree. It's fine, we'll play around you. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were actually allowed to play a lot of different heroes that they wanted to, that were more comfortable with. Instead of trying to fit the meta, they were playing what they were really good at. As we saw, like Tivik playing Genji, you um, saw his again come out quite a few times. As Hans, oh god, as Hanzo in the quarterfinals on Kings Row I don't, or on Hollywood. If you guys didn't see that, you have to fucking watch that. He got a 4K entering, but it was the most ridiculous shots. But they they were they were finally playing like the rogue we knew, like playing heroes that they're good at instead of playing a meta necessarily.
3: Yeah, I feel um, like Lunatic Kai kind of really like turned
1: around. Yeah. I feel
3: like Lunatic High on the like to foot that though, like went from being able to like execute their comp to just like not having an answer. But I guess what you're saying too, like, I don't know, I don't know how much you want to go into the in-depth into this match, but they didn't have any like when he played Farah on that King's Row match, I think that, that was like the turning point of that series where they just like felt like helpless. Like he switches to Farah suddenly, their May like Eska's playing Meska like was their McCreed player the entire tournament and then he's on May. And then suddenly they're off DPS. I think it's Ryu Zhang or... Li uh, Li is, like, trying to play McCree now. And then Tavik just, like, slams him. Like, there's yeah. no other way to put it. Like, he's playing Far against McCree and he's winning the 1v1s <laughs> against McCree. Wow. So wow. then suddenly Tavik's is doing whatever he wants. And, like, at that moment you could see them, like, break because he switched off McCree and then Eska got off the May. but the May was, like, doing so much work. And then Eska wound up playing McCree. And, like, you could actually just watch the comp on the side of lunatic high just like start to devolve because Tavik was just like putting so much pressure on them as farah or genji or whatever he was playing yeah
1: the, the problem i remember uh i remember that specific part you're mentioning too where leeteja went mccree and we were all like why the hell is he doing that i think it's because Eska had like a blizzard at the time yeah, exactly and they yeah, did yeah, want to yeah. get rid of that yeah. ultimate by switching yeah. him to mccree and then they end up swapping anyways but it was just like too late the momentum yeah. was there but, like, like TV comes into
3: last me. on King's Row and, like, hits a conk and, like, knocks the Reinhardt into the pit yep, for free. Yep. Like, at that point, you're just like, guys, <laughs> hello. Like, they played really well, though. And I felt like they had, like, Lunatic High had no response. Like, the entire series, like, they were trying so hard to get nano-boosted Reaper comps. But they were they had an answer for it every single time. Like, AKM played McCree. Uh, Reinforced actually hit some ridiculous Arch Shatters and Charges.
1: On, I think it was like Nepal. The charge onto uh um, Mutation um, on the Reaper yeah. being nano boost on, yeah. on Sanctum. Oh yeah. like they clutched, so like they
3: all just played insanely well. But um they had no answer to the Genji, they had no answer to the Farrah, and then on the Hollywood match, like it was such a one sided match that I think that after that was over, it was
1: like okay guys, I don't know what to, like I don't know what's going on anymore at that yeah, point. Yeah, had even I don't think they even played it actually from like the, the map info that we had. They didn't even touch it once. But I want to give credit, though, to Lunatic Kai on uh, the two-player... Well, three-player... not two. Miro and... Uh, Ru- Miro's Ru- awesome. Yeah. So, Dummy and even Rogue said Miro is probably the best Winston they've ever played against. Because this guy is just insane. He does not die. Like, Dummy and the entire energy were saying, us, saying to us, they just can't kill him. Like, they tried so many times in so many different ways, and they just cannot kill this monkey. Because uh, of the way that he worked with Rouge Hong. And-, and then Rouge Hong, Dummy said that's the best Annie he's ever played against. Um, he actually... He said, like, I think it was uh, DeHang was, like, the only other ever, ever Anna that really gave him problems. Like, he would notice in a game. But Rouge hong was, by far, way better. Yeah, I watched...
3: Um, it was, like, in the Paul series. They were playing Winston, and they had no Zarya. Like, and, and he, he was still died. just... Yeah, he just never died. And, like, he would... He made, like, some crazy play, I remember. He, like, jumped up straight in the air, got, like, five people to look at him, and then while they're all looking at him, like, a Neo Booster Reaper just comes in and Village. throws everything on the floor. <laughs> it was insane. It was, like, the silliest... But it was just like you could tell that he had executed it in his head and that like he had a plan the entire time. Like it was Yeah, it was really cool to watch. But yeah, Miro and even his Zarya was really good, but he didn't get to play it that much, I felt, throughout the yeah.
0: series. Early on, Zarya, did, or, like, actually, we saw his he we saw his Arya, like in the in the first rounds, which was fantastic too.
2: From a meta perspective, it seems like there's a couple uh talking points coming out of this tournament, or at least the finals, the grand finals. One of which is Zarya. I mean, Zarya is like one of the most picked heroes uh, over the last couple of months, probably the most picked alongside Lucio, and in the grand finals, neither team was really relying on Zarya a ton. Um, you know, we saw neither offense or defense running with Zarya, and in my mind, like you don't run a Winston without a Zarya to pop that that barrier on him, uh, but you know apparently not essential to team comps I mean, what do you guys think um, on that note they ran on like the cough maps they would run like winston reinhardt which is like super Crazy. tank mode yeah.
3: and a lot of teams will like i know generally speaking wins doesn't like playing winston it seems like at least when i watch their matches he doesn't mm-hmm. like being the winston so like they'll switch their tank player they'll switch reinforced from like reinhardt to winston but on the side of moon tick hive they don't Ever get off the Reinhardt? They just like keep the Reinhardt, and then they switch to Winston. So like that's interesting to me. But I don't know if it like paid off for them or not. But it's a it's a weird. So I mean, Zarya is just so good, right? Like there's so many ways to die
0: in this game. Yeah, like you can get charged ulti- and get her ultimate paid. is the you know initiator yeah. too for, for team kills. Yeah,
1: I remember talking to the Vic about Reinhardt and Zarya uh, in particular, and he was actually he was arguing. I'm not arguing with what he's telling me, I'm not going to say no, you're wrong, just to Vic. <laughs> he was saying to me that he actually finds it better, as a Reinhardt, to never fire strike when there's a Zarya on the enemy team. Because the benefit you get off of doing that is nowhere near right. as great as you get the Zarya. So you give yeah. 50 free energy, technically 100 if you can get a double shield off. Mm-hmm. Which means she does a lot more damage and builds up 0% for your, was it 7% or 8% you get for, for, for per person hitting with a fire strike? Yeah, like a great earth Shower can come through, but a ground surge is so much more reliable. <laughs> um, so I, I wonder if he actually told reinforced to, like stop fl- flame striking as much to feed over Miro. But then again, like Miro's Winston, as we saw on Koth, was just unkillable. The way he did it too, he would jump onto the roofs and slide on the roofs to actually have his jump pack cooldown quicker before he engages. So like he actually yeah. would be able to always jump out, and him and Ruji Hong were coordinating to just spam heal him whenever he did go super deep. Hmm. Um, but in terms of like Meta, even on Koth, we saw a ton of McCree. Like, to deal with yeah. Tracers, Lee had an impossible task going up against AKM. Yeah, I didn't, I questioned that, too. I was like, why,
3: what, why, why when you're going up against AKM, one of, like, the best aimers in the game, arguably, do you think that it's, like, why would you go for the Tracer? Like, it's such a hard, you're, you're like, giving yourself
1: such low odds of winning that matchup, like, it's. It was insane, but... And then we didn't even see Genji Tracer, like, no. unless it was out of AF Blue, who, like, had Arhan and Recry doing it, because they yeah. were they wanted to have, like, stable McCree, I guess, to, like, even protect the supports.
2: Yeah, yeah, prevalence of McCree, another big talking point. I mean, Korea in general just seems to be picking McCree all the time, but then we actually saw McCree picks coming out of Rogue in the Grand Finals uh, quite frequently as well, and obviously we know AKM is one of the best McCrees on the planet, but if you look at... The trend over the last month or so, like McCree, had been p- picked less and less and less, and all of a sudden, rockets back in the meta.
3: Well, one thing I think that would have been cool. I mean, I just wanted to see the clash. I guess I would have, I would have wanted, in like retrospect, like Misfits or Nip to have been there, just because like yeah, I wanted, definitely. I want to see how they deal with the three tank mm-hmm. or the four tank now that <laughs> Nip's running. They're running like May, Zarya, Reinhardt, Winston, I think, or Roadhog instead of Winston. Or, like, just the Nip consistent 3 3 with the May Represaria because they both play those so well. And I would have wanted to see how, like, they clash with the Korean and Chinese meta. But, like, you I, like, I guess back to what you were saying about the McCree coming back. Like, Rogue was never a team that really wanted to run the 3 the 3 tank or, like, the 4 2 tank comps or even the May Represaria comps. Like, they looked uncomfortable on it when they tried to beat. Um... No, that wasn't them. Yeah, no, they lost to. Misfits, Misfits in yeah. E-League, like, semifinals. So, like, I wanted to see those comps clash, but I think on a, on paper, just the ability for Rogue to have a way better hero pool, I mean, even just Tevek having a really deep hero pool wound up just being the difference maker for them.
1: Mm-hmm. And even Tivik did play, like, Rebrand and McCree. Yeah. Like, they actually flexed him around quite, like, quite a bit. I think he played probably one of the, the most heroes out of anyone.
3: If you don't uh, want AKM on tournament.
1: McCree, I
3: mean, <laughs> or Tracer, like, just keep them on those heroes. And yeah, it's really situation it.
1: situational dependent. I, I can't remember exactly, because I remember seeing, like, Tivik was, like, on McCree once, but I think it was because AKM had, like, 50% on his ult already, so they didn't want to lose that 50% ult generation. I, I'm not yeah, 100% so. sure. I can't remember.
0: Yeah, Tivik's just incredible, actually, with the amount of characters that he plays. and, and the His the like, it's the fluidity
1: in the air was amazing. And, and to, like, on King's Row, on defense, I think it was, or his offense, where he 1v1 Rouge Hong on the Anna, who was actually boosted up by May with the payload to get onto <laughs> the high gun in the foundry. That was such a clutch 1v1. You know, I, I
3: question, I in question, I was just, like, thinking to myself, like, how, c- like, how fluid or just, like, how consistent he must be at, just in general at, like, playing that hero because... I don't think that he's busted out Farah throughout that tournament. So like, he just comes in on it and like, yeah, he he had like three or four direct rockets on that Anna. And I was like, what is going on right now? Like, like how?
1: Like he was uh, doing it in scrims he was really well. Yeah, he was playing. Yeah, I, well. I saw the land cafe, and he was playing a lot of Farah actually too. So maybe just like nice. a, a hidden thing he was trying to keep. Yeah.
0: All right. So the, I guess the big question, and it was the question going into the tournament. Is I mean, how, how did Rogue get, I mean, Rogue obviously ended up winning the tournament, but you know, overall they did lose. If if you're talking about just series in, in a series of uh, best of three series to um, Luna Takai, H- how did we measure up? Is Rogue still the best team in, in that tournament, or was it, was it just like a good day for Rogue on on the in the grand finals?
1: So what Dummy said to me was that oh no, it was Enigma. He was talking about that either team could have won. Mm-hmm. It just comes down to who shows up that day to play. Yeah. I think Rogue is still technically better than Lunaticai, but for the fact of Lunaticai not having much international experience to kind of push Rogue that far I mean, it's, the, the scoreline was 4-1 but it, it's still a lot of close games, a lot of close plays that actually could have gone either way um, is it, a good sign for them, but I know, yeah, Rogue definitely. I want to see Energy play Kai a little bit more though um, I'm a little sad it was a best of 5 that was like kind of over really quickly
0: mm-hmm. What about you guys? What do you think, Flame? Mm-hmm. I mean,
3: yeah, I mean, total Enigma or or what Enigma would say, like, the volatility of the game sometimes are, like, very... It is, it really comes down to who turns on that day, or who comes in big that day. Like, the Numbani match was the only one that Rogue lost, and they could have easily won, like, 100%. Like, that was their game to win, and I think that they, like, messed up their second... They had, like, an overtime push, and they just, like, botched it or whatever, but it does come down to which team plays better on, like, the certain day, but, um... I think you, they, like, exploited Lunatic High's weakness because on the first set, I don't remember Lunatic High really doing anything crazy. Like, I don't remember a Genji. I don't remember a Mei doing anything incredible. Um, yeah. And I don't Like, I remember Eska's McCree doing really well. But then the next day, like, when they come back for the Grand Finals, they're like, okay, we'll just run Genji at you. We'll run... Like, they stopped trying to play the E-League meta and they started trying to adapt to, like, counter the Koreans, I guess, better or the Chinese teams better. So, um, I don't know, I would say Rogue looked way too convincing in the finals for there to be, like, a dispute. Good question.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, but, um, I don't know, Apex, or Apex is still going on, so yeah. we'll see what yeah. happens over there.
0: Yeah, why, why don't we move on to Apex, since you brought it up. Uh, OG and Apex uh, is, like, midway through right now, or not even, maybe not even midway. Um, and you know, first week was pretty crazy, right? We we, def- we saw reunited just you know getting, uh, just losing zero three uh, to uh, one of the Korean teams. Uh, but I feel like you know NDS coming out. We were waiting for NDS to to get a chance to play, and so far they've been pretty convincing. I mean, their last one particularly, I feel like they only gave up that one one game just because they were trying something completely different, which I've never seen them seen them try with the the comp that they were they were using. Uh, but overall, what do you guys think? Fish sticks, uh, Apex.
2: Uh, I haven't been able to watch enough, unfortunately. Uh, I, I did watch the uh, Envious game, um, or 98 percent of it, most of it mm-hmm. uh, from the from last night. It was pretty entertaining. Uh, Envious actually, you know, had a run for their money, but did end up winning there. So, yeah. I mean, we talked about it last week as well, but the same same exact story for OGN Apex as APAC. The production value is absolutely through the roof, crazy banana insane (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh so really awesome to see just another super high quality tournament and um looking forward to seeing how this thing shakes out there's a couple more teams obviously of envious in this one uh so a couple more western teams um but we have a ways to go until this thing ends right at least a little while like six weeks or something (laughs) it's still a while i mean
0: they're there for 12 weeks so we Yeah, Yeah, I don't even know if we've reached the halfway point yet. I think it was Uh,
3: like eight and two for, or six and two for BlizzCon or something.
0: Yeah. Did you actually think that match last night was that close? I I mean, I know the fourth one was was pretty tight. Oh, I mean, they 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 lost,
2: they lost Volskaya pretty convincingly, but. But they were
0: trying something totally
2: different. It's Volskaya as well. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, that's true. But the first, the first two maps were like, I felt like Endius won very convincingly.
2: Uh, I mean, Dorado was pretty damn close. Um, like They barely, barely won Dorado, and those, I mean, I guess Tailspin was sticking to Farah for oh, quite a bit longer than maybe he should have yeah. at points, um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, MVS won. It wasn't like the most, the closest game in the world, but they're still getting a run for their money, um, okay. and it's not Lunatic High, it's, it's additional Korean teams that are playing at this high level.
0: Mm-hmm, okay. Uh, any thoughts of Flame on Apex? Um, I mean, yeah, I watched what I watched Arsenal
3: reunited match. That was their first. I mean, people were like, oh my god, reunited got 3 0'd. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. game, the Koreans are here, everyone's out, like <laughs> packing up Western teams. But like, oh, they had yeah. switched. They switched, who was it? It was they switched, Only got in for Kib, and then they switched. Who's their off tank player now? Or their off DPS? Oh my god, why is his name? They switched I think someone's role. It. The unfixed, no, they no, switched on no. fixed to DPS, so now they switched kid like they had two role swaps. So people were like hyping up that match. But Rogue I not Rogue reunited seems like they figured it out recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the first match was bad, but that was the first match with a new roster on like LAN that got that was that kid's first LAN, I think. So, um,
1: yeah, and Onigod was a DPS player, I remember, yeah. I think, for Team Norway, yeah, uh, World mm-hmm. Cup, yep.
3: Yeah, he had, he had big shoes to fill, I guess, was the thing. Even Unfixed has big shoes to fill now because he has to take up um, Kib's role. But that one match, that was the match with Haxel Genji, and everyone was like, oh my god, this kid's the best Genji in the world. But like, I watched that match, and like, Reunited just never had an answer to Genji. Like, There was just nothing on their comp that could even kill a Genji. So it was like kind of like they're running this unkillable Genji into a comp that actually just can't kill a Genji. So it was... It was convincing, but it wasn't in my head, I guess. I don't know if people picked up on that. I didn't watch the cast no, no, you're right though. the no, English cast. But they were running, like, I don't know, a nano-boosted Genji at, like, a Tracer, no McCree, no Reinhardt, and no Winston. Like, it's just absolutely no stunts. Like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to work, and if it doesn't, then, like, someone messed up. But they seem to have picked it up as the tournament went on. And back to Envy, they ran a beta comp. Like, I remember in closed beta, people would run King's Row 76 instead of another healer. And they would run like Roadhog. It was like Roadhog 76. You would run Mercy because Mercy got res in like five, 10 seconds back then. But um, on which match? They map? ran it and it worked. on, I don't know which match it was, but I know that they ran a Kings Row single healer 76 with Harry Hook on DPS.
0: Yeah, yeah. And they like full held right? a team.
3: And like that was one of those things where mm-hmm. you look at it and you start saying to yourself, like maybe that's how you beat the Koreans and the Chinese teams just by running unorthodox stuff. Because if you don't, if they don't practice against crazy stuff like that, like, are they going to have an answer to crazy stuff like that? There's a lot of really cool things you can do in this game just with comps. And I think EnVyUs has been doing a lot more experimenting than some of the other teams, at I'll least give in you, that
1: tournament. I'll give you the Koreans. The Chinese, I don't know if I agree with, just because, like, the Chinese would pick the comps that AC played, but they wouldn't know how to use it. They'd be like, okay, so we run three tanks, we run Ana, and we could also run two supports or just two, or three supports yeah. to total or just two, and then be like, all right, why aren't we winning? I, well, that's weird. yeah, I mean,
3: that's how I felt about Lunatic
1: High, though, in that final set. Like, they were
3: running Anna, but the, the best nano-boost target they had was, like, a Winston half the time. Yeah. And I was like, what? Are you, like, why are you running Anna? Like, just run a Zenyatta if you think that this is, like, how you want to play the game. Yeah. Um, but I think that there's a lot of teams in that weird bubble right now where the meta's shifting, and it's shifting pretty fast. Like, it went from three tank, three support before E-League to nano-booster Reapers at E-League to now we're seeing nano-boosted Genjis at APAC, to now, Apex has probably Nano boosted Genjis, Reapers. I mean, but people are getting smarter about Earth Shatters now to counter Nano boosts and then the Maze are coming out to freeze the Nano it's boost. Cool. There's so much mean, going it, on in the game weird. right now. I mean, it's all Anna all the time, but yeah. there's a lot of um. I like that. I like seeing that, and I think that some teams are realizing like, oh, this is really strong now. But are we good at it? Like, can we be good at it? Stuff
0: like that. Yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. I think it's exciting time at least, and seeing the the different. Metas colliding and how people are adjusting and if they can. Um, but why don't we move on? We still got one more thing to talk about event-wise, and then we'll do some Q and A. Just maybe one or two questions. Uh, ben, you want to talk about Rise Nation recently uh, and some of the results?
2: Yeah, uh, I don't know if any of us actually got a chance to watch these games, but uh, we're just was just poking through Liquipedia and saw a pretty nice result for Rise Nation, a team that made a name for themselves during the Overwatch Open qualifiers and then got picked up by Rise like the next day. Or, or actually, it was the day before. So, Rise had like a good Spidey sense on that. Uh, they haven't had a lot of good results uh, since then. But in very recently, in the MSI Americas qualifier, they were able to beat both Cloud9 and Team Liquid, according to Liquidpedia, which is a very impressive result. Especially considering, you know, Phase was also in this bracket. Team Liquid had beaten Phase earlier on in the tournament. Uh, so, and Cloud9's been playing very well with their new roster recently. So. Uh, We didn't get a chance to catch the games, unfortunately, but just definitely wanted to give a nod to Rise Nation uh, for their performance and their qualification for the MSI Americas. Pretty good stuff.
0: Yeah, that's definitely good. That team
3: team is consistently just good. Mm -hmm. Um, They did well at E-League, I remember. They had a deep run. Um, They went to E-League. That's a big deal. C9's new roster... Good. I don't actually know if it's still together. There were like rumors of it already having split up, but Oh, you mean the tryout team? It yeah. wasn't
0: official, right? It was just no, no,
3: no. Yeah. I just heard that there's already like some shakeups in their tryout rosters. So, then being C9, I'm not sold on like, I mean, it's impressive, but it's I'm not sold on it. But the team Liquid win is definitely crazy in my opinion. Um, I would expect Team Liquid to win that matchup, especially after Ma- Liquid had beaten FaZe but FaZe is so streaky sometimes, or just, like, inconsistent. Like, on some days, FaZe looks like one of the best teams in North America, and then other days you're like, FaZe, hello? So it might have been one of those days, but no. Def- yeah, too easy definitely
1: good. Too easy is, like, a very hit-and-miss player.
3: Well, I mean, like, he winds in up in battle. these weird situations where he's playing at, like, 5 o'clock in the morning his time because the tournament goes until 12 o'clock Eastern, and then he's in Benelux, and, <laughs> yeah. it's, and then Shadowburn's, I think, like, Eastern Europe... Um, yep. Which is even, I mean, that's far like that. And that, but that whole team on land's is good. But yeah, you wind up in situations where mm-hmm. maybe the time zones hurt them a lot harder, and like
1: well, players like aren't a Fnatic, Q D and Vonafil. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's rough. Yeah, it's definitely hard. But I
3: feel like it affects phase more so than Fnatic. Yeah. I mean, I D Q D is a machine.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. else <laughs> to put that? Well, the more the merrier. It's uh, definitely good to have even more teams just being the mix here. And to, yeah, I want
3: rise. More. I want rise to keep playing this well though. Like, yeah, because this team has so much talent, and they have like some of the happiest faces I've ever seen in Overwatch. <laughs> yeah, right, they have like areas. XC on their team. They have, or is that it's actually Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It's XZ's team, and then they have Xretzy, ex- like. They're just, like a, they're just like a happy bunch of kids. Like, I don't it's, know. I want that team rare. to do
0: well. That's rare these days, too, man. I really, want that, yeah, I really want that team to do well. Getting along with each other and everything. Um, okay, well, why don't we go into some Q&A here? I know, uh, Ben, you've got a little bit of a time limit today, so we'll, we'll take some questions. Uh, if you want if you want your questions read or at least highest priority in your questions, go ahead and tweet those to me, at ChameyMV. If not, go ahead and type them out in Twitch chat and we'll, we'll read some out here. We'll take uh, two. Let's we'll see how much time we have. Let's see. Doo-doo.
1: I can uh, I have uh, a question.
2: I, I, yeah, yeah. I, in in yeah. this dead, yeah. dead air, I'm just going to yeah, point dead. out the fact that uh, the all the Sombra stuff that just ticked down um, live during the show has over 45,000 people on the Overwatch subreddit right now. <laughs> so people are in a frenzy. Uh, sorry, we don't have the answers for you, Twitch chat. Um. So your non-sombre related questions, uh, please give them to us.
0: We're just being right strong, now. man. Totally getting strong along. Twelve thousand
1: eight hundred ninety-one comments on that announcement.
2: Yeah. That's also, uh, I just just for Fonzie's, I was looking at at our all on Reddit, and the top post on all of Reddit right now is. <laughs> an impassioned request to blizzard never do this again when you're releasing a hero because me like i'm not the i'm not like following every moment of arg it's just kind of entertaining i like it but i guess for the people that have been like trying to decipher everything this has been a hellish couple of months
0: yeah i mean so. it, because it's just one of those where there's there's no there's no intermediate payouts you know what i mean it's just like literally a clue to a clue or a clue that's open-ended Did anyone- and it's it's i i think I it's think got 11,000 okay. upvotes. I know. Well, I mean, that tells you how popular it was. That's only 80% okay. upvoted. Like, that could be higher. I know, it could be higher for sure. Uh, okay, so Heron453 has a question. Uh, if if there's one match to watch from APAC, what series would you recommend? Jason?
2: Hmm.
1: Depends, actually. It depends what kind of game you're looking for. Um <sighs> If you want to see the old ult- no, I was, actually that's really bad. I say, if you want to see like the ultimate like fail, look at uh, NJ versus All Strike. Any of those games because All Strike just never adapted and never changed things. Uh, no, but best series? Hmm. I, I think it had to be the finals. That was probably like one yeah. of the actually no, no 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 no. Rogue AF Blue was really good too in the quarterfinals. That was probably a really one of the best matchups as well. <laughs> like them versus AF Blue or them versus Takaya were probably the best. If you want to see a really long series, go watch snake versus all strike in a wild card match where we played hollywood three times three wow. full times with the overtimes that's uh crazy. that was okay. mitch and i were so done after that game <laughs> to have to fully play the map three times
3: and I, even in the finals dude double Numbani is like you don't realize how long that takes like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get to the second, and then that's yeah and that's like you have four rounds like four attempts yeah.
1: to push all
0: right this like is to, oh good go to to do a
1: best of seven just, you know, best of seven, but to start off the whole thing with a double replay of the body is just like, what the hell are you going to do? <laughs> we were worried we're in for a really long day.
2: Dude, I'm having flashbacks to Brink. Oh, God. It's like double full holds on the first point, like replay the same map four times. Get... Oh, man. That's,
0: that's brutal. This is Acer. All right, he has a question. Do you guys think the general viewership numbers are a success at this point? It seems really low if you consider the player numbers. Maybe people simply don't like Overwatch esports in general
2: opinions uh i have a whole lot of opinions um i think it's still so early in the the game's life cycle like it's really easy to kind of forget that the game's only been out for five months actually less than five months it's been out for less than a half a year uh and most games don't explode as esports right off the bat that said i am a little bit surprised with how low viewership numbers have been You know, Jason will Jason will corroborate this before Gamescom. I'm saying 150k for this tournament. I I was expecting to hit 150k with all the top teams there. Wow! Uh, I think we hit (laughs) we hit 90k in the end. So like pretty damn good for the first major tournament in the game's history. But uh, I think this is. More uh, of a symptom of the fact that everything is so disjointed and disorganized, and we talked about this a little bit last week. But you know, having a tournament in Korea and and in China, and here's one in America, and here's one in Germany, and some teams are in this one, but some teams are not in this one. But you know, it, it just gets really confusing and difficult to follow, um, especially with the Asian tournaments also being at a weird time zone. Definitely doesn't help uh, for viewership. You know, Overwatch Open Grand Finals was at a terrible time zone to watch for Europe, European fans. So there's a whole slew of like small reasons why I think the viewership hasn't been as big as it could have been in theory. But even still, I'm a little bit surprised considering that uh, over 15 million people have played this game on PC. I think they said 20 million people total around the globe uh, have unique people have played. Overwatch and it's put, made it one of the best selling PC games of all time, the second best p- selling PC game of all time. Uh, given that context, I would expect it to be one of the biggest eSports um, eventually. Yeah, um, eventually. I thought it was gonna pick up a little bit quicker than it has, especially considering how massive the viewership was in the first couple of months. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm not like I'm not gonna throw my hands in the air and freak out. Uh, I think we're still doing good. Uh, still getting twenty five, thirty, forty k viewers. Uh, for the major tournament finals, this early in the game's life cycle is good. But ultimately, I, I did think viewership would be a little bit bigger. I'll be honest.
1: I think also a lot of the complaints I've seen about it is that people don't know that these tournaments are happening, which, I mean, to exactly, us, that's yeah. like, are you serious? Like, it's pretty obvious that <laughs> it's happening. But to people who are like casual viewers, they don't necessarily know. Um, I think, you know, someone in the chat just mentioned it, like an in game notification or in game stream, like for instance, Counter Strike. The streams literally embedded in the home screen right. of Counter Strike when you open the client. Right. Um, like that would drive so many more people to actually watch in the streams um, and help well, get people the out there more.
0: Just even know about Overwatch esports. So exactly. I think a lot of people just still don't even know that there's competitive, you know, pro level Overwatch going on right now. We're a very small minority. I mean, I don't even know what percentage yeah. it is. I bet it's like one percent, <laughs> like some something Probably, incredibly yes. small. I mean, yeah.
2: Uh ten percent would be one point five million, uh one percent would be hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah, so there's your hundred fifty thousand number. Um so a- all we need to do is get one percent of the player base tuning in and we'll be will be very good uh if we can get that for major tournaments. Um but yeah, I mean the, the game is still difficult to watch. You know, we've talked this topic to death, but we still need stats, we still need all these things. Um Blizzard has been promoted. as there's some. I'm just responding to some things I'm seeing in chat right now. Blizzard has promoted a lot of the major tournaments in the game's launcher, yeah, yeah. but that's very, very, very different than putting the stream front and center in the game client itself, which Dota two and CS:GO do, yeah. um, and I believe League of Legends does quite a bit as well. Um, so yeah, I mean we have a we have a pretty long way to go. Definitely. I yeah. mean,
1: it's gonna it's gonna get there. Like, I'm not For worried sure. at all. Yeah. I think it's more about like just time needed. Yeah, the UI um, needs you know, an overhaul.
3: I mean I they they redid the menus, but that home screen and overwatch, I can't wait until it's like actually like incredibly good.
0: Yeah. And like yeah,
3: compared to CSGOs or Dota's where like you go to you launch the game and it's like, oh, right now most viewed match or like top tournament
0: on they're like
1: buy a ticket to yeah, this, yeah. sell your yeah. tickets, all that stuff, that's really good. And yeah. there's even streams in CS like yeah. promoted on the right hand side.
0: Right, yeah. exactly and we're not and um, we're we're not counting any of the Asian viewers too. I mean, like Jason yeah. said, we had like two point five million people watching the APAC the Apex. Supposedly, tournament. yes. Yeah, supposedly. But but Twitch wise, yeah, the numbers are definitely a little bit low.
2: Uh, uh, one thing I would say though, uh, is that the individual player streams have been doing incredibly well. Um and actually, I feel like they those have been doing even better than I would have expected. Whereas the major hmm. tournaments haven't been. And um, one thing I don't think we talked about much last week, or maybe we touched on it. I can't remember. But the in-game leaderboard uh, being right there on, when you when you go to when you go to play a ranked oh, game, yeah, yeah. there's a little button for leaderboard, mm-hmm. and you can see the top ranked people in your region. At just it's right in your face. It's like mm-hmm. smacking in the face with this info. And I've noticed that people who are top ten SR uh, in the world or in their region. They're getting two, three, four thousand concurrent viewers, uh, and even brand new streamers who like had no history of getting a lot of viewership in the past. So I do think that this is a really good sign and shows that people want to watch and want to consume super high level gameplay. Uh, but I just think the the pro scene is is really hard to follow for the average person. Team ranked, yeah. Get some
1: team ranked in there, and then you can see like, oh, these teams are really good. Oh, yeah. Let's go watch one of their matches.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Seagull giving everybody a chance here, <laughs> being over in <laughs> Korea and not streaming. So definitely got to take that opportunity. Uh, okay, well, why don't we wrap up? Um, it's a great show. Uh, why don't we do some shout-outs? Flame, you want, uh, any shout-outs you want to do, and where can people find you?
3: If uh, I'm on Twitter, you find me on Twitch. Uh, Twitch is obviously slash Flame. Twitter is Matt Rod with a 0 and of an oh, And my YouTube is Flame617. I guess shout-outs to my stream viewers, and Monty. Because Monty actually like hit me with a really huge host at yeah, the end after, of Overview. Yeah.
0: Oh, nice. Oversight. And I was yeah. like...
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, sub- or Oversight, rather. Yeah. And then suddenly, like, 3,000 people are in my chat wow. watching me do VOD reviews of the 8-pack finals. So, like, it wound up working out. Because that was right after I had lost that Ikenball match with the offensive Symmetra. <laughs> so, you know, you trade a bad for a good. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, sh- I guess shout-out to them, too, Monty and Thornton. Because I oh, yeah. I had never watched what? their... Like I, I don't really follow CS. I've seen Thorin before, and I always like knew him as like this really brash, like kind of harsh kind of guy that like would say whatever was on his mind, didn't care what was in his way in terms of speaking. But um, that would be accurate. And <laughs> I never well like no, but I, I like I'd never seen Monty before. Like I never followed League. I've never watched League in my life. Like I've actually just never been a League player or viewer. So I, like seeing him for the first time after he hosted me was like kind of cool because he he seems so like chill and just like a nice dude. And then on the other side, Thorin's, like, personality, like, was completely less controversial, I guess, because he's not on an analyst desk talking to the rest of Room on Fire. So, seeing those two clash was, like, really cool to me, and I thought it was a really good segment that the two of them did. So, um, shout out to them for knocking that one out of the park. Like, it, it was professional. It had its flame. It had its, like they they hit a lot of topics and they weren't afraid to speak their minds so like it was yeah. definitely nice i mean
0: watch. they've been doing summoner's insight for forever now and yeah. so they, they have really good chemistry and their their um their angle that they approach things you know it's more from uh, it's very very analytical and and it, you know it's, it's raw th- yeah it's yeah. raw and it's thinking so it, absolutely it's great seeing them being coming into overwatch space and, and doing it and they're gonna be doing it full full out i mean i think money's done with league of legends i believe so overwatch i think is going to be his you know it's going to be the new the new uh community you know which he does all his content with and thorin too so really really great seeing them the more the merrier man you know it's just like the more we can get esports shows and content and whatnot i think that that can only help out you know overwatch and help grow this esport um just esport community at a faster rate jason how about you man shout outs where can people find you?
1: Uh the same shout outs normally I usually do. To my parents for allowing me to do this for yourself <laughs> for letting me focus on overwatch to Banana Culture for bringing us out there and to a special someone. Um uh, you know who you are for uh helping us get actually to go to China. So thanks for that. All right. Fish sticks.
2: Uh cool. Good show. Uh lots lots to talk about and mm-hmm. lots coming up in the next couple of weeks with the World Cup and OGN continuing to progress i think there's going to be a few more alienware monthly melees or, or something like that mm-hmm. coming up in the not too distant future so there'll, there'll be some good tournaments to to cover uh, but as always just keep uh tuning in keep watching competitive overwatch keep supporting mm-hmm. the scene we'll see you on the our competitive overwatch subreddit that's where we actually discuss yep. the esports sides of side of things so uh head on over there if you're interested in that more so than potentially other things and yeah you can follow me follow me at fish sticks and we'll see you uh next week
0: yeah, and just want to thank you guys for Flame, uh, Jason, and Fishex for doing the show with me this week, and for everybody else that were tuning in today. Uh, one, so one thing, I'm trying to get together an, over, an overview. I still need to talk to some of these guys um, to, to do an overview at BlizzCon, so hopefully we'll get a chance to see some of you guys at BlizzCon, and we can you know, maybe do a live show because we've never done one. Actually, I've never done any of my shows live, so this might be a first time ever. We seem to have a broadcasting setup that we can possibly use. So oh, right, of, right. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited about that if we can, if okay. we can get it together. So uh, I'll have to talk to you guys about it a little bit. Camera phones? <laughs> oh no, camera phones. It's not camera phones. Like, it's, it's definitely more like CP's much, much Gamescom interviews. <laughs> oh my gosh. Did Seriously? They were. Phone I think they, they had, like, oh an my. issue with their yeah. camera,
2: so it was, like, vertical cell phone camera video interviews. <laughs> like anyway.
0: selfie sticks and stuff. Okay. Okay, wait, can I give another shout-out real quick? Yeah, sure, sure.
3: Oh, shout-out to Rubicon for giving me, he he just randomly messaged me and offered me his Plus One BlizzCon. Oh, that's gig. right. I don't know if I guys told you guys this last week, but he was like, I need to get rid of this, and I was like... Awesome. He just gave it to <laughs> So nice. So I hope you have there. to give him anything back for the plus one? No, I, I, I hope not. There might be I hope fly. not. <laughs> I mean, I mean I'll, obviously, I'm going to buy him dinner when I'm there, but yeah. in terms of any like favors, I don't think so.
0: No, that's awesome. The got tickets are not... I mean, they're super hard to get, and they're not even cheap either, so that's that's awesome of him. Uh, lastly, I, I do want to promote um, or just give a, give a quick promo of a show I'm coming out with this week. Uh, it's something I've been working on on with Vindexus on the side for months now and um, I'm really excited to get a chance to finally do it and we're going to start it in the Overwatch space. It's called uh, Streamer Showdown. So it's a, it's a game show I'm going to be doing and uh, ZP is going to be hosting the first one and Stir, Poke, and, and Harbly are going to be my first contestants on it. Uh, so that's going to be on my channel to tw- um, twitch.tv.tv on Thursday 3pm Eastern and it's just a fun game show. It's not like crazy hardcore stuff like this. It's just more along the lines of Jeopardy and, and Hollywood Game Nights that sort of game show. So uh, definitely Definitely check that out if, if you got time to but that's going to be it for the overview oh you can catch the vods at youtube.com slash v um probably a little bit later tonight because of that early thing again where we had to restart XSplit. i have to do some editing so it'll be a little bit later and of course the audio is tomorrow uh but that's going to be it guys so for flame jason kaplan fish sticks and myself champion v we'll see you next time later